Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. It is good to be back together. For those who are joining us from home, we, uh, we're praying for you right now. We're just praying that you're gathered around some way to, uh, to be able to watch and join into this time of worship. And I just want to say this to you right now. Like, as soon as you're able, come back. Join back in. Come back out on a Sunday morning. If you want to be with a smaller crowd, come at 9. If you want to be outside, come at 11. But as soon as you're able, come back out of the house. We think it is good for the body of Christ to come back together. We know that there's something special about being with one another. And even just for the few of us that are gathered here in the sanctuary right now, we know that there's a, it's just a sweet time of worship when we're able to be in proximity to other believers. We know that's a big part of this story right now. So as soon as you're ready, come back and join us. But we're glad you're with us this morning. We're praying that everybody this morning is going to have a great time of worship. I got a couple of announcements for you that I just want to share with you really quickly. The first is, if you didn't see part one of this, of this service, you missed last night's service at 5 o'clock. And so every Saturday night at 5 o'clock, uh, Pastor Charlie and the team down at Wissahickon, uh, they're offering a service online. And so you can check that out on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. You want to go ahead and make sure you, you follow along with those 5 o'clock services. And that'll give you a preview of what we're going to be talking about when we gather together on Sunday morning. And so I uh, really want to encourage you, get that Saturday night service and that Sunday morning service, and get those things in. When you get home and you hear this, or if you're home now, you can write this down. Or when you get home, if you want to rem- uh, go back and check this out so you can be reminded, these are a couple of dates that you're going to want to have in front of you. On November 24th, which is a Tuesday night, it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we're going to gather together in person at Wissahickon for an in-person pre-Thanksgiving worship service. Say that again, on November 24th, which is a Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we're going to gather in person that Tuesday night for an in-person pre-Thanksgiving service, and that'll be down at Wissahickon. Also, the following Sunday, we're going to do a combined worship service, our church here at Roxborough, Wissahickon Church, and Watershed Church, the churches that were together during this COVID time, We're going to come back together for an evening of worship. It'll just be song, and uh, all three worship teams will be partnering together to make that service happen on uh, on that Sunday night. That's Sunday night, November 29th. And then lastly, on our website, we've updated all of our small groups. And so if you're wondering how you can get plugged in, be it virtually or in person, our small groups are meeting together again here for the fall. I really want to encourage you, jump back in. There's going to be some new ones that will be added on each week. And we're going to find ways to connect with you. And so if you desire to be connected into a small group where the body of Christ can come together, study the word of God, either virtually or in person, you want to follow along on our on our small group page on our website. That's all my announcements for this morning. But I believe that God is going to do something great. And one of the ways that uh, that 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 we affirm um, that we're in this together, that we believe upon God to do these things is that we join our voice with the church from around the world. For, uh, for nearly 2,000 years now, the church has been affirming what they believe. And one of the ways they affirm it is the Apostles' Creed. So I invite you now to join with me in reciting or remembering the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Then whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God, we believe these things. God, we, we gather to, to express our desire to worship you. God, we gather together to hear and to receive what you have for us this week. Father, we join our hearts, our minds, our voices with the church around the world, crying out to you. Lord, have mercy. Lord, show grace. Lord, let us understand and know the depths of your love for us. And Lord, receive anything we bring with us this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. Yes. Such a beautiful day to worship the Lord. Now it's time that we can worship the Lord in our giving. As the Lord has blessed you, we ask that you would just take a moment to seek his face and pray and ask God what should you be able to give back to the Lord at this time. And as the Lord is preparing your hearts and minds to give, we ask that those that are here would be able to give to the box to my left. And those online, you can click on the link below to give to RoxboroughChurch.org. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. Lord, we thank you for blessing us to be able to give back to you. And Lord, we ask that you would use this offering to continue the gospel of Jesus Christ in this community, in Christ's name. Now, Father, we ask that you would touch Pastor Ray as he brings this message to him. We ask that you would speak to him. Lord, we ask that the message will come out clear into our hearts and our minds to help edify our bodies and our spiritual growth. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you together, online as well as in the sanctuary. Lord, we know that your presence is everywhere and is with us today. And we thank you for your ever presence in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, all right, all right. We're going to try to do something a little different here for a moment. We want to work on, uh, we want to work at continuing to tie together those who are in the sanctuary and those who are at home worshiping with us. By the way, Pastor Charlie, I know you're going out to uh, to tell the kids. He's going out to tell the kids they were making too much noise. I thought they were doing great. I was enjoying the noise that they were adding in as well. Um, Pastor Scott, just real quick before you settle in, uh, I think we're going to try to do something that allows us to take notes on the screen. Do you have any way of getting like a, 
being able to do that. We're going to shout out some prayer requests, and I think we want to try to capture them on the screen. And Pastor Ricky, if you're in the back back there talking to the folks online, when we invite people to share prayer requests, if you could translate those prayer requests to us so that we can get them onto the screen as well, if there's any that come from our online community, uh, that would be great. One of our desires is that we know and are reminded during this time that we're not alone, that we're gathered together with other believers, and together we're worshiping the Lord. And so um, we're going we're gonna to take a moment, and in a moment we're going to begin to shout out the things that we'd like to be praying about. And we don't need to give a lot of details. It might be someone's name. It might be you might might be a you know a position, a coworker, whatever. You just things you want to want us to be praying for. And we're inviting those of you who are following along with us at home to go ahead and put your prayer request in the chat section in the chat box. There, Pastor Ricky will communicate them to us. They'll go on the screen here for us. Pastor Ricky will also also capture the ones we're putting on the screen and translate them to you so that you can be praying at home. We're going to do this for the purpose of reminding us that, that we're one body. No matter where, how far we're scattered, we're one body. And together we're coming before the Lord. So, with that said, I will start our prayer request by saying that um, I'm going to need to comfort my son today. My second-born son had a soccer tournament, and, uh, and they were playing amazing yesterday. And, uh, and they had an early morning game this morning. And it's, I just got the text saying that they didn't win. And so he's pretty devastated. So be praying for my son, Nate. Be praying for Nate as, we, uh, as, as I work with him the rest of this day on understanding just how amazing he is even in times when he doesn't win. What else can we be praying for today? Some prayer requests we might have in the house and any prayer requests that might come from us online. You can just raise your hand if you have something we can pray for. Pastor Charlie, praying for First Lady Lori from Wissahickon, praying for her, Lady Lori, who is uh, just asking for God to, to comfort her during this time. That's great. What else? This is so cool watching it go up in real time on the screen. Go ahead, Pastor, Pastor Crawford. Okay, all right. I want to confess to you, I got really confused in that moment. You said pray for summer, right? And when you said that, I just started thinking like sunshine and warmth. And I was praying that we were there, but you're not talking about that summer. You're saying pray for summer. That's a person. And we're praying for summer for what? Strength and, strength and wisdom. Strength and wisdom for summer. Strength and wisdom for Pastor Crawford's friend, Summer. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Yes, Melvin. Okay. Melvin's sister's husband passed away. So your brother-in-law. Melvin's brother-in-law passed away. So we're praying for Melvin's sister. Pastor Ricky, are there any prayer requests coming from online for us? Not yet. Okay, well, let them know if they want us, want us to... Include anything, they're welcome to. Welcome to. All right, anything else we can pray for this morning? Yeah, Ma. Pray for Mary Downey. Mary Downey. 
All right, we'll pray for Miss Mary Downey. You got it. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. We'll also be praying for uh, Miss Amy, who's leading our mercy ministry. Uh, she's been serving faithfully out there with our friends who come every week, and so praying there. And many of you have heard by now that we have uh, a couple of openings on our staff team, but specifically our preschool director, Kim Levine, has resigned. And so we'll pray for Kim as she gets more time with her family and pray for our preschool here at Roxborough as they seek new direction. There you go. Very cool. All right, friends. Well, those of you who are home, too, I'm assuming you have some prayer requests that maybe didn't make it on the screen, but we're praying with you and inviting you to pray with us. And I'm going to go ahead and lead us in that time of prayer now. Father God, you are so good. The fact that you can transcend uh, proximity, God, that you can be present with us here in this space, in the intimate time of worship we have when we're gathered with one another and when we're worshiping virtually, God. The fact that you are ever-present in both of those spaces, God, is amazing. God, honestly, it just blows our mind. It's, 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 it's incredible for us to even try to think about. But this morning, God, we've shared some requests that are heavy on our hearts, and we just echo them before you, Lord God. We pray for, um, I, I pray, God, for wisdom as I, as I talk with Nate this today, God, as I encourage him. I pray, God, that, uh, that I'd be able to be in the mind of a, of a nine-year-old boy and think about what it's like to, to have all my emotion wrapped up in a, in a game. And uh, so, God, allow, allow us to have great conversation from that today. Pray for Lady Lori, God. Just ask you to bless her. You know her needs right now, God, so we just hold her before you. What a blessing she is to every one of us, to both our churches here at Roxborough and at Wissahickon. And, uh, I mean, and, and Lord, to, to be married to Pastor Charlie, we pray for her, Lord God. We pray, God, for, for uh, a blessing of favor over that, God, and, and just, God, that, that Pastor Charlie would just... Uh, be the strength and support that she needs right now in this time. God, we pray for strength and wisdom for summer. You know the situation there, Lord God. We don't know the details, but we know that you, uh, that you supersede any of those details, Lord God. So strength and wisdom during this time. Uh, we pray for comfort for, uh, for Melvin's sister on the loss of her husband. Um, God, has asked for, for uh, any way that you can use Melvin and hope in that time. And, and anyone else, Lord God, to, be, to, to extend your comfort. God, Scripture says that you would give us your spirit, and your spirit would be a great comforter. But we recognize, Lord God, that you also have equipped us to be comforters as well. And so, Father, I pray that the church would, uh, would embody that today. Lord, we pray for Mary Downing and whatever those needs are there. We pray for Miss Amy, and uh, as she continues to serve the, uh, through the mercy ministry here at our church, and we pray, Father, for all of the families that, uh, that are looking to Roxborough Church as their home for, um, for preschool education for their kids, God, during this time, during this crazy time of COVID and in the midst of all the things around us, Lord, to have a transition in leadership is never easy. But, Lord God, we know that you are over it. And so, God, we simply just, we ask that you would prepare whoever it is who is coming on the team 
to lead in the days ahead, God, that you would be preparing them right now. God, maybe you would even stir it up in their spirit right now, Lord God, that, that they would know from you that they're being called to this, they're being drawn into this. And Lord God, as a result, the transition would be as smooth, seamless as possible. And Lord, now for the word that's going to be preached, I pray, Father, that it be yours and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us in that time of worship, and thank you for uh, helping us to remember that it's uh, that we're that we're together even when we're apart, even when we're distant from one another. That we can be uh, corporate in our prayers together. That we can jo- be joined together in our uh, acts of worship to the Lord together. So now, as we get into this preach word, I'm going to invite you to join me in the book of Acts. As I just said that word, in the book of Acts, we'll be in Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one, and uh, and uh, this is this is week one of a four part series. And so, if you're as you're joining in to this four part series. We're talking about building a stronger church together, building a stronger church together. So uh, if you follow along on this four-part series, I believe there's going to be some, some clear action steps that we can continue to take as, as, uh, as believers to be a part of building a stronger church together. And not just together, not just building it, but building it now. Building it now. I mean, there's no greater time to talk about this than in, uh, in response to this time of, of, of pandemic and this time of crisis and the time of the scattering of the, this time of scattering of the church. Uh, and so as we think about all of those things, we look at them in light of Scripture, in light of Scripture. And so this morning we're going to talk about what does it look like to be invited in to lead, to be invited in to lead. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 20, to help you set, help set it up, um, Judas has just died. And uh, for all of you who are familiar with Scripture, you'll understand that. And for those who aren't as familiar with Scripture, you can go back and read that story a little bit more um, in the verses preceding. But we're going to pick it up in verse 20 where Judas has passed and the church is now, or the disciples are beginning to say, what do we do in response to that? And this is what the word of the Lord says. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take out, to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast their lots. And the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the 11 apostles. This morning, there's four points for us to be looking at that come directly from these texts, and we're going to try to draw them out with you this morning. And uh, with that, we're going to flip to a bunch of other scriptures as well to help make this story make even more sense. But if you're not exactly sure what happened, I mean, you talk about a timely story, right? So um, Judas has uh, Judas betrayed Jesus, and in his betrayal to Jesus, there was some kind of, uh, there, there was something that happened in his own spirit in response to that, maybe a sense of regret, 
um, in, in, in his action, but his action was irreversible. And at the end of the story, Judas, in the end of that story, Judas dies. And so his seat as a, as an apostle was, was void. It was empty. Nobody was there to sit in it. And so the early apostles said, well, what do we do? How do we, how do we go forward? How do we move on from this? How do we transition? How do we pass the baton? You know, in everything, there's a transition and every, everything's a seat. Everything is seasonal. And at the end of that season, one thing transitions into the next. I've, thinking about this a lot because just uh, just yesterday, uh, two days ago, excuse me, just two days ago, we got an email and uh, our school sent us an email and said, you're entering into a transition. And, uh, and I thought to myself, I've been in transition for a long time now because of this COVID thing. So what is the transition we're entering into? And so I, everybody who knows me knows that, that uh, Michelle and I, we have four kids and, and our youngest is here in our preschool, but the other three kids are over at Greenwoods, which is the local charter school in our neighborhood. And the email said that uh, starting November 1st, kids will begin to transition back to school. They'll begin to transition back to school, back to in-person classrooms. So we have one kid going back in November. We have another kid going back in December. And our third kid is going back in January. And so they, you know, kind of the email said, hey, you're entering into a transition. And when you, whenever you think about transition, you think about one thing fading out and another one ramping up, right? So one thing's kind of coming down and another one is turning up. And somewhere in that valley of the turn down and the turn up, there's a passing of the baton. There's, there's something, something that once was that is coming to an end and something that is now, which is coming forward, which is being birthed out. We see that transition in other ways as well, right? We all know that, that November 3rd represents an election, and that election time represents transition, and whether that transition will be from new leadership, from old leadership to new leadership, or from, from the existing leadership to continuing on, there'll be a transition, at least from term to term or from leader to leader. And that transition represents one thing kind of coming to a close and another thing starting up. And that's the same thing we're seeing here in this passage, right? So we see in this passage where Judas has died, and uh, the apostles are saying, hey, like, how are we transitioning his leadership? Who's going to take over? Who's going to step in? Um, so the first point I want us to look at this morning, and again, if you follow along with Pastor Charlie last night online, you'll, you'll know these points, but I'm going to talk about them a little bit differently today. But the first point is that there will be an opportunity to fulfill the position of leadership as we continue to work on building the church. There will be opportunities to fulfill positions of leadership as we continue to work at building the church. Now that happens in a couple of ways. Like one way that naturally that we see opportunities to, to build in the life of the church to, to fill positions of leadership are because people are transitioned, right? So someone's term comes to an end and someone else is elected in, or someone's in a position and someone moves on to another position, um, but we also recognize because of the crisis around us that there have been people who have moved. There have been people who have said, hey, like, I, it's going to be a long time before I can come back around people. And so we see spots of leadership that become available in light of current circumstances as well. So uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 20, that's what Peter is talking about here. Peter is quoting the Psalms, and he's in one, one of the Psalms specifically, uh, talks about the fact that, that there'll be a spot of leadership that is deserted and that someone will need to be appointed into it. Someone will need to take on that mantle of leadership. But if you have your Bible, flip over to Psalm 55. 
Psalm 55. I'll, I'll continue when I see Pastor Charlie get there. Psalm 55, verses 12 to 14, right? He'll, he'll, he'll represent the church for all of us, right? Psalm 55, 12 to 14. This is what it says. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. Now, David the psalmist is talking about something that happened in real time for him, but it's also a foreshadow of what happens with Judas, right? Where Jesus and Judas, even to the last day of Jesus's free life, he has a moment of a, he has a meal with Judas who ultimately betrays him and brings an end both to Jesus's life and in response into Judas's life as well. Judas's position became available because he lost sight of the place that Jesus was taking them. He lost sight of the things that God was doing. He lost sight of the way in which he was being led. He betrayed Jesus to the point of death. And while he may have been filled with regret over his lost vision, uh, filled with regret, his lost vision for the ways of the Lord left a void in the leadership of the early church. Have you ever seen this? You ever seen somebody who like flamed out? Like they were so excited for Jesus and they were like, you know, maybe they'd be up front singing songs or clapping their hands on beat. And you're like, man, they must be filled with the spirit of God. And then a couple weeks, something happens in their life and they just kind of fizzle. Just kind of dies out. That's not it doesn't have to be Judas that we're talking about. We see it in the life around us. I see it on social media. Right. Somebody gets really excited about something and it's rah, 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 rah. And then after a few weeks or a few months or a trial that comes their way, all of a sudden what was once really exciting is now not nearly as important. That's what happens here with Judas. And as a result, there's a void in the leadership. Scripture just simply suggests to us through this passage that when those opportunities for leadership come, there will be those amongst you who will be invited in. When those opportunities for leadership come, there'll be those amongst you who will be invited in. So you might be sitting there thinking, well, how does that happen? Here's some suggestions for how we can move forward. Picking up from Acts chapter 1, 21 and 22, here's what I would say. I would say, be all in with the vision in order to fulfill the purpose. David, I don't know if you have these points back there, but if you do, it would be helpful if they went up. Be all in with the vision in order to fulfill the purpose. Ephesians 4 is going to help us understand that. This is what it says, Ephesians 4.11. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by the wind and by teaching and, and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming and ideas. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Jesus the Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love 
as each part does its work. In order for us to, re- to, to live into all of the roles and responsibilities that we have in the life of the church and, and the, the opportunity to lead, in order for you to be the Christian man or the Christian woman that, you, that God is calling you to be, you've got to be all in with the vision. First, the vision that God has for you. And then second, the vision for the position that you're stepping into. Let me help you make sense of that. Here at our church, we have a mission. Let me tell you what our mission is in case you didn't know it. This is our mission. We exist to glorify God by making disciples that know God's love, that show God's love, and that grow in God's love. That's the mission of our church. We exist to glorify God by making disciples that know God's love, show God's love, and grow in God's love. And we will know that has happened. Here's our vision. We will know that has happened when when we become disciples of Jesus Christ that are actively making disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, why do I share that? Because in order for you to understand what you're being invited into, you've got to have the vision. You've got to have the vision where God is leading this place. You've got to have the vision where God is leading the people of God. If we're going to build a healthy and strong church, we've got to be in one accord with the vision. What does that mean? That means this. If you want to sit in the pew, they're open to everybody. But if you want to step in and lead, you've got to be about your father's business. You got to be about the role of making disciples. You got to be serious about bringing glory to God by knowing the love of God and showing the love of God and equipping people to grow in the love of God. That's what we're doing in the life of the church. If those things don't excite you, if you don't lean into those things, when you hear that, if you don't get a stir in your, in your belly, you probably are not the one that God is calling to step in and lead right now. You're probably being called to follow right now. You're probably being called to say, hey, I need to be stirred up more before I step in to lead something. But if you find yourself kind of with a stir in the belly, you know, uh, in, in a black church, we call that a, a groaning within the belly. If you, if you find that groaning happening within the belly, if you, if you find yourself getting up in the middle of the night, Pastor Crawford and I talk about this, around 4 a.m., you kind of wake up and your mind starts going and you're, you're kind of catching up to it with your pen. If you find those things happening, it could be that God is beginning to stir something up in you to draw you in to a deeper place of leadership in the life of the church. Because that indeed is how we grow a healthy church together. The, uh, and it, another story here to, uh, to help that make sense. Uh, for those who are uh, familiar with the story of Esther, familiar with the story of Esther, you can find this in Esther chapter 4. In Esther chapter 4, Esther realizes that there's a, there's a problem amongst her and, uh, and, and that the, the king has placed a ransom on the, on, on the lives of the Jews. And Esther has the voice, ha, has, has the ear of the king. Mordecai reaches out to Esther and says, Esther, you've got to help us. You've got to help us. And Esther says, well, wait a minute. If I help, it could cost me everything. Like I could be put to death for going before the king with this request. And she sits on it. She sits on it. She sits on it. Esther 4.14. This is what Mordecai says to her. If you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family, you'll perish. And who knows? 
but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai is saying to Esther that you were made for this moment. You have been groomed for this moment. You have been prepared for this moment. You have been trained up for this moment. You're waking up in the middle of the night because of this moment, because God is prepared you for something. And it might be something that seems too big. It might be something that seems like it's going to cost too much. You know, stepping into a place of leadership it might seem like it's requiring too much of you. But the reality is you have been groomed for a time like this. None of us knew how to lead church during a pandemic. None of us knew how to, how to, how to create worship opportunities for people who were local and virtual at the same time. None of us knew, uh, you know, what God would do in the midst of this moment, but, but we were all being groomed for a time like this that God was raising us up. So we said, we're going to hold to the mission. We're going to hold to the vision. We're going to believe that God desires for us to be making disciples and we're going to continue in our Father's business. Could it be, could it be that you were made for a time just like this? And could it be that that opportunity that comes in front of you is specific for this time for you? Acts 1, 23 through 25 helps us to understand this. Being among the chosen means gathering ourselves in good company of believers and becoming one through serving others in prayer and supplication. Being among the chosen means gathering ourselves in good company of believers and becoming one through serving others in prayer and supplication. You know, uh, the idea of us being in good company with one another, the idea of us being a family, the idea of being invited into leadership is something that happens as we find ourselves more deeply acquainted. If you look at that passage of scripture we read in Acts, they didn't go out into the community and kind of run around town and say, let's gather up everybody we can and figure out who's the tallest or who's the fastest or who's the strongest or who has the most likes on their social media page. And that's how we decide who's going to be the person who steps in to lead. They didn't do that. They said, let's go back and look at who's been tracking with us from the very beginning. Who's been on this journey all the way through? Who is an eyewitness to what God has done? Who has a testimony about them? And that testimony has communicated the truth of who God is and what God is doing. Because out of that group of people, we will find our next leader. Out of that group of people, we will find the next person who steps in to help us build the church together. And so they, 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 they narrow this field down. They narrow the scope down. They cast the net. They narrow it down to these two guys who had been with them the whole time. And out of that group of those two guys, then they cast their lots. But understand where they're looking first. They're looking for those who are within. They're looking for those who have been journeying along. They're looking for those who have been a part of the body. Friends, as I think about where we're at in the life of the church, as I think about building in the community, as I think about plant, you know, helping, helping uh, Wissahickon to really get off the ground, as I think about what God is asking us to plant next and where God might be asking us to plant next, what I believe is this. 
God is going to continue to draw people in to get the picture of who we are, of what God is asking us to do, of what God is building here in Roxborough. And then God is going to deploy and send people out from that. But it's going to be from within the body first that God continues to raise up leaders. It's going to be from within the community of faith that God continues to draw people up to lead. The voices from within are going to be heard, and those voices that are heard are going to help to give direction and clarity. They're going to help us to discern the way forward as they say, as I've listened, this is what I hear and see God doing. So I invite you, lean in. Lean in. If you hear God saying something, if you, if you receive a word, if, you, if you're praying and, and this is what you get in response, share that. Help us to discern. Bring your voice to the table. Hebrews 3.13, this is what it says. It says, but encourage one another daily. Encourage one another daily as long as it is today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The author of Hebrews suggests that there's two things that can happen. We can either lean in together and find ourselves equipped and encouraged, or we can find ourselves alone. But when we find ourselves alone, what happens is sin wins. Sin wins. Let me say that to everybody who's sitting at home right now. Just being at home doesn't mean that sin is going to win. But if you're at home and you're isolating yourself from everybody else, sin will win. So even if you need to stay in the house, don't isolate. Connect with others. Get on the phone. Get on the social. Get, get, on, get on the service like you are right now. Let everybody know how you're doing. Let, equip other people to pray for you and pray with them. Invite other people into the depths of your story even when you're not proximate to one another because together we'll find ourselves encouraged, but alone the deceitfulness of sin will win. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 says this, says, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching that you have received from us. The keeping of good company is so important here. Right? The idea of being a part of the body that is, that is gathered to one another, that is equipping one another, that is encouraging one another is so important. And it's important enough that Paul said, if you find a member of the body who's not doing that, get away from them. Get away from them. Maybe Paul would go as far as to say that that might be evidence that they're more of a Judas than the other 11. The last point for this morning, simply put, we need to be in position to be chosen. We need to step up to become part of God's plan. God's plan is indeed to build a stronger church. Acts one twenty six said, uh, that's when they began to cast lots, and the lots fell on Matthias, and so he was added to the 11 apostles. But he was able to be added because he was a part of the body, because he was there, he was in place and ready. You know, I remember um, when I played uh, on, on a couple of sports teams, I was never really good enough to play in the games. I was only good enough to practice. But I heard my coach say this to the kids who were good enough to actually play in the games. He would say, you know, if you want to be in the game, you need to be next to the coach. You need to be next on the bench, right? I'm not looking to the end of the bench to bring somebody in. I'm looking to the person right here. So if you're ready and you want to get in the game, get in line. Be here. Be ready. Be ready to be called, right? And I think that's very similarly, that's what we're saying to the church. Like, 
as we're talking about building a church together, as we're talking about building a place that is strong, that has a firm foundation, and that together these saints are equipping one another to stand firm in the in in uh, in, in leading in the life of the church that God is calling us to build, then we've got to be here. We've got to be present. We've got to be ready to be a part of the plan of God. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. John 12.26, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. For my Father will honor the one who serves me. If you're saying, well, Pastor Ray, I don't know how to get in line. I don't know how to be next to the coach. I don't know how to make sure I'm ready. Simply put, show up and serve. Show up and serve. You don't need to raise your hand and jump up and down and say, I want to be next. I want to be next. I want to be next. You know, Pastor Crawford didn't run around the church seven times praying that he would be the next associate pastor of this church. He just showed up and he served and he was a part. And we noticed when we connected with Pastor Charlie and the folks at, the, at, 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 uh, at his former church, The Ark, we said, hey, like, we think God is doing something great. We want to invite you in. Come and be a part of our body. And after a number of months of being here and just serving and being a part of the body, we recognized some great gifts. And we said, hey, we can see ways that you could exercise those gifts. And we elevated folks to places of leadership to say, go and plant and build. Church, why am I saying all this? Simply put, for the next four weeks, for the next three weeks after today, we're going to keep talking about how do we build a healthy church. And we're going to invite some intentional critique and some intentional challenge. We're going to call some things that we say these need to look different in the season ahead, maybe in light of what's going on around us, but maybe just in light of what Scripture says. But we're really trying to equip you to say, hey, did God create you for a time like this? To step in and lead in an amazing way. You know, leading is not always being in front. I, uh, I recently got a package in the mail. And I'll end with this story. I recently got a package in the mail. And the package in the mail contained a number of undeliverable letters. They were all written to a college student who was um, attending a local university through, uh, through our partnership with the Philadelphia Project. This, this um, what's that person who writes letter called? You know, this, whatever. The letter writer person had written this young girl three letters a year for the last three years of her college career. And for whatever reason, the college was not able to deliver them. So they sent them all back to us in one big bundle. So here, sitting on my desk, is nine letters. I'm good at math. You see that, Mom? It was nine letters. They were all undeliverable. Now, what was amazing was two things. Number one, they had held, they had held you know, three of the letters for three years and, uh, and, and somehow just kind of kept putting these all in one pile, and then finally said, we'll send them back. That was, that was pretty amazing <laughs> that, the, that the college had done that. But what was even more amazing was this, is that no one had ever known that this 
woman was writing letters to these students to encourage them. If I didn't get them mailed to me as undeliverable, I would have never known. The church would have never known if I didn't share it in this story. Leading is not always being in front. Leading many times happens way from the back, way in the back. Matter of fact, a very simple application to this is for the last seven months, you've barely, if at all, seen Pastor Rick up front. But let me just tell you, every week for the last seven months, Pastor Rick has been in the back leading so that Pastor Charlie, Pastor Crawford, Pastor Scott, and I could be up front. Leading does not happen from the front exclusively. So join in. Lean in. Sit under the vision that God has given. And seek to be ready when God calls us to lead. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray right now for uh, the men and women who hear this message. God, I pray that their hearts would be encouraged today, Lord God. I believe, God, that you are raising up leaders. I believe, God, that you are building the church strong and ready. And I believe, Lord God, that you've called us for a day and such a time as this. Like Esther, God, might we be prepared. It will be a cost to lead, but might we be prepared to recognize the ways in which you've built us up and equipped us for the moments ahead. God, as we sing this last song, I pray, God, that you would seal up this work and then you would send us out for all that you have ahead of us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise the Lord. The kingdom is yours. Who will help us lead in the kingdom of righteousness? So we ask that question and we ask that you would pray ask the Lord to make clarity that he has called you to help us to lead in the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your sweet spirit, Lord. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your light, for your word, for it shines bright. Lord, we thank you for surrounding us with your grace and your mercy. So, Lord, we ask as the day unfolds, the word has tugged in our hearts that we will begin a new walking to lead others towards you and in the way of the gospel of truth. In Christ's name we pray. Church say amen. God bless you. We'll see you in church. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, Visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.